Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alongside Alex Ferrario and Grant Francis, I'm Brandon Kylie. Right now, we're happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to talk to our friend, the Cardinals broadcaster for Bally Sports Midwest. He's Danny Mack joining us here on the show. Dan, we appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Happy Thanksgiving week. And same to you. Dan, we got some uh, some early news for, I guess not early news, some later news for free agency with a new addition to the list. And I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on this player because Cardinals fans have been asking about him so far over the last couple of days. It's Cody Bellinger, who was an MVP early on in his career. And over the last two seasons, his production mirrors that of Paul DeYoung's. But he's super talented, left-handed bat, plays great defense as well. If he's willing to take a one-year offer, and it sounds like that's what he's looking for, are you interested in Cody Bellinger? I'd be interested. I'd have to know what he wants to get paid. I I think what you have to look at, though, is, uh, first of all, what's the salary? And I'm sure that by being represented by one of the top agents in the business that, you know, he's going to be looking at a pretty high, uh, hefty salary, and that would be of concern for me when I look at the numbers that he's put up uh, the last couple of years. Now, generally speaking, what we're talking about here is that the shift is going to change the way that teams are looking at left-handed batters because the shift league-wide batting average on balls in play last year was 290, guys, and that's the lowest since 1992. The left-handed batting average with balls in play last year was 283. That's the lowest since 1989. The left-handed average on ground balls in play was 219. That's the lowest in 20 years. Uh, Left-handed batters saw the shift 55% of the time. So you're eliminating the shift. What's it telling you? That left-handed hitters will benefit the most. So I think the market for left-handed batters this offseason is going to be huge. Uh, We've seen that with uh, the fact that Anthony Rizzo got $40 million and he had an average of 204 with balls in play last year, you know, and we saw that Jock Peterson got $19 million in a qualifying offer. What's that telling you is that teams are saying that left-handed batters are going to be at a premium and that they feel that, you know what, left-handed batters are going to see a significant jump with balls in play. And so some team is probably going to say, hey, we can correct Cody Bellinger. and We think that some of those numbers will be corrected for him. But you know what? There's been a flaw in his swing, and it'll be up to a team to detect that and try to correct that going into next season. Danny Mack, with that being said, in the left-handed hitters, the Cardinals have expressed their interest of looking to find a left-handed hitters. But when you look at the names that are available, a lot of them have a past history of injuries, whether it's Michael Brantley, Michael Conforto, as we just talked about with Cody Bellinger. Do you think there's a chance that the Cardinals just say, you know what, there's really not a lefty out here that makes sense via free agency. Let's just run it back with the left-handed bats that we have on our team. 
Well, sure. I, I think, though, then you, you run into a problem of where do you put all these guys? Um, I, I mean, there, there's other guys out there, too, that you could probably get on lesser deals. Maybe Jesse Winker is somebody that's out there as well. That's somebody that would make some sense, potentially. There's there's guys to be had, just like they had at the very end of uh, spring training last year in picking up some players. So I, I think that there, there's some players that you have to look at that could be gotten on the cheap. But again, I, I think that one of the things you have to look at is that left-handed batters, generally speaking, because of the numbers I gave, uh, are going to be the ones that you have to look at. The teams are going to be saying, let's go get them, because the defensive shift with all the different things that we're talking about uh, are going to have a significant impact on what's being done at the business table, especially in a couple of weeks when uh, all these teams get together in San Diego at the the baseball winter meetings. Dan, one of the things that I think we've run into, it's kind of a bridge off of that question, but I do think it's a little bit different, is when you look at the players that are in free agency, I think sometimes it comes down to certainty versus upside. Like a guy like Cody Bellinger, you would sign him as a team because you're, you're betting on the upside, right? But you know that the downside is he could be a complete sunk cost and by may you know oh this is not going to turn around for him we might have to cut or like dfa cody bellinger at some point during the season meanwhile a guy like a david peralta just using his name as an example kind of know what you're getting out of him it's it's going to be an above average major league hitter it's probably not going to be anything though that you leave the season and say he was a guy that ended up batting in the top three of our order when you look at what the cardinals need this offseason do you think it makes more sense to chase that upside, or do you think they're looking more for a certainty type of a player, specifically looking at the left-handed bats maybe? I think certainty is what they're looking for because, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I think you're going to see at some point is that Jordan Walker is going to be a part of this team. And with a young player, I, I think that they feel that down the road there's going to be certainty with him. But with a young player, you never know what you're going to get when you first bring him up. And with Tyler O'Neill, you don't know about injuries. That's of concern. Uh, Dylan Carlson hitting from the left side, uncertainty. That's problem. You know, that's that's problematic with them. Um, I, I think you can say the same thing with Newpar in terms of streakiness, and that's uncertainty. So let's go get a certain thing with that. And that's the the point that I think that you're trying to make here is that if you get some kind of certainty in that lineup, that's what you want to have now. The upside with guys like Bellinger and some of the others that you're talking about, you can pay that price, and it may pay off for you. And all of a sudden, you get that great one-year deal, and, man, it looks awesome in that middle of that lineup, and now all of a sudden you do have the protection. And, look, if they if they went out and got these kind of guys, I'd be all for it. I mean, I, I'd sit there and say, it's great. You know, it's exciting. It's fun to talk about as a fan. But they, they need to have some type of certainty in their lineup because if you look at it right now, they have uncertainty with their catcher's position. They have uncertainty with Paul DeYoung, and you have uncertainty in their outfield and from the DH position. So you do have to get some type of certainty and an assurance that when you put out that lineup every day, that there's going to be some type of protection around uh, the two big guys at the corner position, and that's Arenado and Goldschmidt, because you do, for the most part, know what you're going to get there. You know what you're going to get from Tommy Edmond. Uh, you know what you're going to get uh, for the most part with Brendan Donovan, but you've you got to be able to have some type of sustained lineup, you know, one through nine. At least you hope to have that every day for 162. Again, easier said than done, but that's what you hope to have 
when you go into a season. Dan, we, we've heard John Mozeliak talk in the past that he's not going to dictate his offseason decisions around what everyone else in the league does, obviously, because that's not how you build a competitive team. But how much of a difference is this offseason for him, in your opinion, now that you're not playing your own division as much as you typically do, but instead you're playing everyone around Major League Baseball? I think it's big. I mean, when you start, and I've talked a lot about this, when you look at the schedule of the Cardinals, for instance, that first month, if you include the off days, uh, you're on the road like 18 days. That is hard. That's that's very hard. Now, when you come off the All-Star break, you're home a bunch, and the the Cardinals' recent history is that they've been a very good second-half team. But I do think it does change things a little bit when you shave off some of the games inside the NL Central. You know, by, by looking at it right now, the Cubs are rebuilding to an extent. Pittsburgh certainly rebuilding. Cincinnati it looks to be awful this year. And when you're not getting as many games against them and you're starting to take on some of the other teams around the league um, that aren't at that level of the teams I just mentioned, it does become a little bit more difficult. Now, I do think, though, there's some areas that the Cardinals, I think, are going to be better this year because of some of the rule changes with uh, the game. I, I just think defensive shifts benefit the Cardinals, meaning I think defensively the Cardinals infield will be dominant. I I think when you talk about the athleticism that they have on their infield, that's going to be, I I don't think it's being talked about enough. Like in the past, you could hide certain players defensively with the shift. When you look at what the Cardinals have right now, so I'm just off the top of my head, if you've got Arenado and you've got Tommy Edmond and you've got Donovan, let's say at second base and you've got Goldie and you're not shifting that's their athleticism against other teams. That makes them a much better team. That that you cannot overlook their athleticism, and it puts pressure on defensive players, and it puts pressure on their athleticism over other teams. So that puts, to me, it puts the uh, players will dictate the game more than the analytics of a front office and their algo- algorithms to dictate the outcome of a game. I also think the the running game becomes a little bit more important of what they have so i think tommy edmund could be a let's say a 40 to a 50 stolen base guy this year as opposed to what we've seen in the past you know it was uh what uh john birdie i think led the league in stolen bases this last year with what 40 41 mm-hmm. you know tommy edmund could become a 50 stolen base guy that's different i think their athleticism could be something that gives them an edge over other teams so yes while you are are definitely coming back to the pack against playing better teams because you're in the NL Central. I also think the Cardinals go up a step because defensively, I think they're going to be better than a lot of teams. So I can look at it in the way that you just looked at it, Alex, but I also think that there's going to be an edge that they have over other teams because of how they play defense. Dan, final question that I've got for you. I wanted to ask you about a tweet that I saw this morning from David O'Brien, who covers the Atlanta Braves for, I believe, the Athletic, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he tweeted out, St. Louis has not been mentioned as a prominent member or a prominent pr- uh, player in the Dansby Swanson sweepstakes, but the Cardinals make a lot of sense for him in terms of their need, his personality, team culture, the whole thing. I've been saying that all all season. Like since we saw the Braves earlier this year, I said I Dansby Swanson feels like a Cardinal to me. Like it just makes all the sense in the world. And I think you talked about that with Chip Carey, if I'm not mistaken, earlier this year as well, where he said like, "Hey, I did. Uh, Dansby yeah. Swanson, it feels very Cardinalsy." 
Now, I, I'm not all in. I'll tell you my my side of this. I want to hear yours, Dan, on Dansby Swanson. He's had one year, one full season in his major league career where he was an above-league average hitter, and that was this past year at age 28 when it all kind of clicked for him. But even in the second half there, it, it really dropped off in a significant way. He's very good defensively. He's very athletic. Culture-wise, everything that I've heard is that he's like an 80 makeup. He's, he's amazing as a, as a human being. Where do you fall on Dansby Swanson as a potential ad for the Cardinals this offseason, Dan? Yeah. And he says he's just a, a wonderful guy, great teammate, Cardinal-esque, if you will. Um, and so all he checks all those boxes. So 100% in that regard, also plays every day. So that's something that you can, you know, say the guy, you know, he, he goes to the, the, the you know, he, he, he's going to play every day, which is something that you love. Um, strikes out a bunch, which, you know, in today's day and age of, of baseball, I guess that's not really that big of a deal. He's going to produce. Um, he's very good defensively, as you, as you mentioned. I, I still go back to this general feeling, though, about the, the shortstop market for the Cardinals. The Cardinals are so high on Mason Wynn. Now, there are some in the Arizona Fall League that came away and felt like, you know what, Mason Wynn projects there are some that think that he's going to be an outstanding defensive uh, shortstop. I've heard that some feel that he feels that they feel that he could play right now, right now in the major leagues defensively and play shortstop. Some project him being more of like an elite second baseman. You could move him to second base and he'd be elite. The problem is he'd be blocked though by Tommy Edmond if you move him to second base. So if I think what would happen if if you could get if the shortstop market would be and it, and it got complicated to an extent with Bogarts opting out, and now you have a bunch of shortstops and Correa opted out, and if you could get him on a short-term deal and continue to let Mason Wynn develop in the minor leagues and get him on a short-term and bring him to St. Louis, I think that makes a lot of sense. But if he's looking for that long-term big bite at the apple, I'm not sure that makes a lot of sense for the Cardinals. However, never say never. You know, The Cardinals may look at this and say, look, we got a plethora of prospects. This is the guy we want. We want to target this. We want to. We want a long-term answer at short, which they really have not had. You know, they just have not had that. They, they thought they had that in Paul DeYoung. It's been a rotation of guys for a number of years, and maybe they look at that and say, this is our guy, then yeah, then I think they do it. But I think if something short-term falls in their laps, then yes, they go out and do it. I would also add that, I mean, if worst-case scenario, if you decide, hey, we think that Tommy Edmond is now like you're coming up with Mason Wynn. He, he's up and he's ready to go two years from now, maybe. Right. Well, at that point, Tommy Edmond will only have one year left on his contract. And like you could you can make that work if necessary at that point in sure. time. And I'm not trying to get sure. rid of Tommy Edmond, but at that point, maybe he's 15 million dollars. A team says, we'll we'll pay him long term. The Cardinals have an internal cheap replacement. And it's basically the Colton Wong situation with Tommy Edmond, where you replace the guy internally. It's it's fascinating, man. This offseason with the shortstop market is once again the same conversation in some ways that we had a year ago. Yeah, and that's the other way to look at it. You know, I, I it, it is fascinating. I mean, sometimes you, you got to look at it from their prism too, where is what's the value of Tommy Edmond to them? Now, they value him at a high level. They sure. also value him at a high level at short. So, you know, I think sometimes we don't value him as high maybe as they do internally. And remember, their analytics are different than those that you may see on – whatever sites that you follow, you know, every team has a little different look at how they value their, 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 you know, their players potentially defensively. So that's always something to keep in mind too. Yeah. I, I try just not looking at defensive metrics as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, Hey, that's the interesting thing. 
You know, look at the defensive metrics of Paul Goldschmidt. It don't. <laughs> it's, the, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. He's like one of the worst defensive first basemen in, in the game by, by looking at certain metrics. And I'm like, who's making these metrics? <laughs> the idiot, who, what? You're out of your mind. I yeah. watch the guy every day. He's one of the best players in the game. You're crazy. It, he was. Uh, there were 91%, according to Baseball Savant, 91% exactly. of major league players were better defensively last year than Paul Goldschmidt. I Get call BS. Dan, I, I call BS. Dan, the way you feel about Paul Goldschmidt is the way I feel about Jordan Bennington. I call BS <laughs> when you look at the metrics and the stats that go into his game. So we, we were getting ready to do the uh, – I know I got to go. You guys got to go. But I was we were getting ready to do the show uh, the other day on television with Paul getting the uh, MVP. And Rick Horton and I were looking at this, and I said, I go, Ricky, I go, do you look at these defensive metrics on uh, Goldie? He says, can you believe this? I said, who are these people? I said, I quit on these defensive metrics things. I'm done with it. I'm out. I said, I'm going on Danny Mac metrics. That's right. Oh, man. Can we come up with that statistic, a Danny Mac metric? I need a DMM. Danny Mac metrics. I said, he's either one or two. Christian Walker might be one, and he's two. I said, that's what we're going with. I said, build a graphic, Danny Mac metrics. That's what we there got. There it is, the I, DMM. I like those better. I, I think we should have that during the games. Like, yes. it shows OPS plus and then next to OPS plus. It's I need the a DMM. I need a DM squared and, metric. And it's just a ranking, one to 30. Where does this player rank among starting blank in, in Danny Mac's I, mind? And then I said, build a little lower third graphic, and it's got all these little cuss words, and and then you know, then we can get kicked off the air. It's all good. <laughs> It'll we be lose great. Our jobs. It'll be great. Can't you know. wait for it. Dan, appreciate yeah. the time as always, man. Have yourself a happy Thanksgiving. You too, guys. Have a great Thanksgiving. See you, Absolutely. That's Danny Mac joining us here on 101 ESPN.